0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. (laughs)
1: hey happy uh happy president's day happy valentine's day neither holiday ones which i subscribe to myself but what the hell um so uh it's february 15th we're halfway more than halfway through february i'm telling you i'm telling you i don't care if there's a another snowmageddon on the way the reality is is, uh this winter is on its last uh legs kind of so i don't know why i'm so upbeat uh listen i have to tell you i and amy i'm sorry i what happened we had a little technical snafu (laughs) before the show even began i decided that i i wanted to uh Go back to using my my landline uh, to see if it had been um, un, unjustly accused of being the the source of our technical difficulties of the last week or so, and uh, and so I called in on on the landline, and then it became ten o'clock and I didn't hear the beep and I thought uh oh, so this is happening again, then I see a text from Amy saying where are you? I don't see your, so none of it made, so it already did, it was screwed up from the beginning. So I dropped my landline, I grabbed my cell phone and I'm connected to you. So I'm back on the cell and I'm not quite sure what's happening. And thank you to the, uh, to Chris for telling me to just get a hands-free Bluetooth headset or whatever. And, you know, that's one of those things that if I ever get around to it, it sounds like a really
2: good idea
1: whatever. So here we are. And I you was know, just thinking that um, even though it's been quieter since uh, you know, uh was voted out, uh, the last week has been, you know, all about him. And with the resultant uh, terror, anger, lies, lies, oh my God, his defense team, oh my God. It it, it just disgusting. Hey, did you see that his uh that that repulsive uh silly attorney uh who represented him, this Vanderveen or whatever his name was, uh when it was over, when when he emerged triumphant by virtue of the uh cowardice of Republican uh, jurors that he headed back to the um, lectern and by a number of people's accounts grabbed, stole three coasters that had the Senate um, emblem on them. There were as I'm sure as uh, as souvenirs (laughs)
2: with steel grifters
1: all liars thieves (laughs) people with no spine God almighty The Republican Party is the invertebrate party. That's what it should be called. The invertebrate party. Good God in heaven. I'm somewhat reluctant to start babbling about all of this. Why? I don't know. Because I'm scared again. That's why. Because... I ha- I now know that declaring the invertebrate, invertebrate party dead is something that we are always doing, wishfully, but also prematurely. And in my reading over the last uh, three days, I've I've ingested a lot of reality about how it is true the Republican party is extremely unpopular in this country. It's it's its popularity ratings are akin to Trump's. I mean they're you know 30 32 33% of America. And yeah, This minority party, extreme minority party, controls the majority of state legislatures, has packed our Supreme Court for generations, is just one election away from grabbing back control of the Senate and the House, and because of the
2: structures
1: in place in our country, they can do it. It doesn't matter that they're the minority party. Because the Senate, for instance, is a, is, is set up to give, uh, more
2: power to rural America than to urban America, set up that way. And the House,
1: well, the House is uh, often Republican because those districts that each congressperson runs in are often manufactured, manipulated through gerrymandering by the Republicans who control most states legislatures
2: including our own
1: and so and the electoral college we can throw that one in too also gives the republicans probably it spots them what uh four uh, it's it's as if every national election republicans get this big head start so structurally, they have they have an advantage that allows them, even though most Americans don't want them,
2: to stay in power,
1: and power, as we've come to learn, is all they want. They don't necessarily want power so that they can pass legislation that would alleviate uh i don't know kinds of things uh human suffering of any kind they don't want to, they don't want to do that they don't believe in government they believe in power they so don't believe in government that when they have power they Quite unashamedly, try to hobble the government so that it is often toothless or doesn't have the resources it needs, or, as what happened in the last Republican administration, it is befouled by the appointment to important positions of totally incompetent political actors. They want power, really for two reasons, right? Two? Can I think of two? Two. That's it. One, to give as much money to rich people as they can, and that's the truth, as crazy as it sounds. Rich people need more money. Yes. If you're a Republican, rich people can never have enough money. Poor people are looked at with disdain and made poorer (laughs) every time Republicans get in, just as they hobble government so they can then point to this toothless, inept government and say, see, government is never the
2: solution it's incompetent why cuz they make it incompetent
1: democrats get hold of power and they say whoa what can we do to help people let's get them taxed. let's get this vaccine out let's move let's work let's and and you can see the seriousness with which they attack the job. This is totally alien to Republicans who simply
2: want the power.
1: I'm so sick of them. But they've made the calculation. And even though now their party has become even more loathsome to most Americans, they're doubling down. They are handing their party lock, stock, and barrel over to Donald Trump, this disgraced, narcissistic. Wannabe dictator. The Republican Party is a clear and present danger to the American Republic,
2: and the people know it.
1: They they know it. The Republicans haven't won a national election in how long? You know, my memory's not good, but I believe the last seven presidential elections, America has said, we don't want you, we don't want you, we don't want you, and yet we get them. They said, we
2: don't want you, we got Bush. We said, we don't want you, we got Trump.
1: Because of these built in crazy relics from over two centuries ago. That made sense, I guess, if you're if you're a pre industrial nation attempting a radical experiment. Jesus,
2: God in heaven.
1: The Republican Party has given itself totally over to anti-democratic, autocratic, despotic grifters. Did you say? Speaking of that, Roger Stone, right, who who should be in prison right now, is not because of the uh, incredible generosity of uh, one Donald Trump. He goes nowhere without a bunch of security around him, big, beefy guys. Well, the New York Times looked a little more closely at Roger Stone's security detail. And lo and behold, his security detail is made up of, guess what,
2: the Proud Boys.
1: And the New York Times scoured through all the video available to us from the attack on the Capitol. And lo and behold, found stone security detail, the individuals in it, inside the Capitol that day. So, (coughs) excuse me,
2: (coughs) not surprising, not
1: surprising, huh? They've made their calculations, and and obviously, very short term, they are incapable of looking beyond their own noses. They also clearly are incapable of courage of any kind. I keep hearing they're really afraid. They're really afraid, not just of losing their job, they're afraid. That someone will kill them. They're afraid of that mob.
2: And they know that mob
1: has killers in it. <laughs> Who created the mob? The guy they've thrown in their lot with. It's really astonishing to watch.
2: Out of all of the Republicans in Congress, how many stood up to this vile,
1: repulsive, dangerous man? How many? Who's out of office now? He's just a regular citizen now, supposedly. How many stood up? 10? Out of hundreds in the, con- in the house, seven?
2: Is it seven in the Senate? Is that not amazing? Again, I've said it a million times, how do they sleep? How do they look themselves in the mirror?
1: I mentioned that um, Republicans seek power for pretty much one reason to destroy government, to hobble government, and to give tax cuts uh, to the rich. And also, the riches, you know, the the riches' corporations, uh, they like to, you know, get government off off the corporation's backs uh, so that regulations meant to make sure that products are safe or workers are safe they don't like any of that stuff because they believe in unfettered (laughs) capitalism and we've been told of course that there's a reason for giving tax cuts to the rich, right? Yeah, because they spend this money, they create jobs, they um it trickles down. <laughs> it trickles down uh to uh us little folks. And you know, us little folks will tell them. No, it No, it doesn't. I'm telling you.
2: The rich just keep getting richer and we just keep getting poorer. And now, the London School of Economics did a long study looking at 50
1: years and 18 developed countries, including the United States, that at some point employed this idea of trickle down and they wanted to see with the benefit of hindsight now 50 years did it work so they looked at 18 countries they looked at the years in which certain countries passed this kind of legislation and then they looked at the economic
2: outcome And you
1: know what they found out? (laughs) What I just told you. The incomes of the rich grew
2: much faster in countries where tax rates on them were lowered. Duh. And instead of trickling down
1: to the middle and lower classes, tax cuts didn't do anything those tax cuts didn't do anything all they did was help the rich keep more of their riches and in fact exacerbated income inequality so speaking like a you know a true studious economist one of the co-authors of this study said Based on our research, we would argue that the economic rationale for keeping taxes on the rich low is weak. (laughs) In fact, he goes on to say, actually, if you look back at history, the period with the highest taxes on the rich, that was after World War II, was also a period of incredibly high economic growth, low unemployment, and all classes were doing pretty dang well, and the rich were taxed to the max. I remember that well. That was the 50s, I was alive. I was a child sitting at my father's dinner table where I would listen to him sometimes uh, complain about the tax rate, the tax bracket he was in, because he was becoming a successful land developer and his income was going up and he could not believe that for every dollar he made, he had to turn as much as 75, 80% of it over to the government. Now that sounds to us now like that's just unbelievable, but that is what it was. That's how high these tax brackets were.
2: Did it stop him
1: from continuing to grow his business? Uh, No. Did it stop all the others in the 50s? Uh, No.
2: He got richer
1: now obviously it's 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 human nature if you make a dollar, you want to keep the dollar. But my father understood that
2: people who made so much
1: had an obligation to make sure that the government was given enough to help
2: those who needed it.
1: He saw himself as part of something a lot bigger than his own bank account.
2: But people who think like that, they're gone. They're just gone, pretty much. And replaced by this new ethic.
1: Remember the first time I saw the bumper stick, sticker. What was it? He who dies with the most toys wins. Is that what it was? Oh. So the Republicans, we're stuck with them. They ain't dying any time soon because of the structural deficiencies in our country that allow for a clear minority party
2: to still maintain incredible power.
1: So. All right. Oh you know what? Let me add one more thing and then I'll lighten up a little bit. This is not light. <laughs> this this I came across uh uh I guess it was in the New York Times yesterday. Um and it's written by a, a woman who was uh you know, a policy wonk at uh at some who knows what, I don't know where exactly she was.
2: Somewhere. DEMOS Policy uh, Research Group. Excuse me.
1: And she said after two decades dealing with trying to come up with ideas for how this country could be more well, equitable. She said she kept wondering boiled down to this question in her head, why can't we have nice things? It's like what you would say to a child, and the reason we can't have nice new furniture is because you're, why can't we have nice things? And she wasn't talking about furniture. She was talking about why can't this rich nation, why don't we have Basics that nations nowhere near as rich as us have. Why don't we have well-funded schools? Why why don't we have a reliable infrastructure? What why don't we have wages that keep that keep a, a worker out of out of poverty? For God's sake, why are we a, a country that has people working? A job that doesn't allow them to have dignity. Why are we, this rich nation, why can't we have these nice, some would say basic things that so many other countries have? Comprehensive public health care, an actual government that functions so it could respond to, for instance, A pandemic. Why can't this country, this exceptional, powerful country, why can't the people in it, all the people, we, the people, have nice things?
2: And you know what she figured out? She finally figured it out. It's racism guys, it's racism. White America, listen to this, white America used to love big government
1: and agreed with the idea that a government should take care of people, step in. In the late 1950s, again, that high tax period, studies showed that over two-thirds, two-thirds of white Americans actually agreed with an idea that is now considered radical. Two-thirds of white Americans agreed that the government ought to guarantee a job for anyone who wants one, and the government should ensure a minimum standard of living for everybody. Polls showed two-thirds of white Americans said, well, of course, Then you know what happened? Support for that kind of view of
2: what government should do
1: just collapsed. And collapsed very quickly from two thirds of Americans agreeing to two thirds disagreeing. And it collapsed. In the years nineteen sixty to nineteen sixty
2: four. Why? Because black
1: people were rising up, they were marching on Washington, they were demanding that they receive these same guarantees that they share
2: in what the government was doing for its white citizens. And then the Democrats said, we agree with them.
1: And the Democrats, and famously Lyndon, Baines Johnson, right? Signed
2: the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act, and
1: from that day in 1960, what was that for? No Democrat has won the presidential white vote. No Democrat has won a majority of white Americans since the Democrats said, yes, we think that black people
2: should also share in the largesse, in the promise of our nation.
1: And all of a sudden, all these white people <laughs> who had been for these kinds of programs, because if they benefited them. They benefited them. Well, of course I want that. Of course I want that. As soon as they think, wait a minute, you mean those black people are going to get it too? I don't want it.
2: So it was right there where
1: white people decided they would cut off their noses. (laughs) Yeah, to spite
2: black people. It was the civil rights movement. White people didn't want it.
1: Isn't that amazing or not? White support for ideas like guaranteeing a minimum standard of living for human beings plummeted from 70% to 35% in four years,
2: culminating in Lyndon Johnson's signing civil rights legislation.
1: And so America's per capita government spending is absolutely at the bottom of industrialized nations. Our roads, our bridges, our water systems are crap compared to those in other countries in Asia and in Europe. We don't have no high-speed rail. We don't have no universal broadband. We don't have no no mandatory paid family leave or universal childcare or healthcare like almost any other civilized nation has and we don't have it because white America didn't want to give it to black people. They would forego it themselves, cutting off their
2: noses despite their faces.
1: Racial resentment, fear. Animus bigotry is the
2: key reason America has been on the decline.
1: The woman who wrote this article, Heather McGee, by the way, said that as she did research, she said, you know, it's just. It's so obvious how white America benefited from racism. Um, Their schools got more funding. Uh, The police don't come banging into their houses, harass them on the streets. White people have greater access to health care by and large. And she writes, these hallmarks of white privilege are not freedoms that racial justice activists want to take away from white people. They just wanted them themselves as
2: well. Their basic human rights, dignities that every human being should enjoy. So
1: it all comes back to that. The Republican Party of invertebrates is the party of white racism. The Republican Party is the proto-fascist party now. The Republican Party will take us down. It's been doing that,
2: but it will continue. Okay. I've got one one or two
3: more little things here.
1: I saw something just so repugnant, but I, I'll share it with you in case you hadn't seen it because you should know. Uh, making the rounds of the Los Angeles Police Department on Valentine's Day was a valentine with a picture of
2: George... Floyd and the line on the
1: card with the picture of George Floyd for Valentine's Day, something to send to your love, the line was, you take my breath away. Yeah. All right. Back to stuff that doesn't matter as much. Bob and Braddock writes, there's this talented singer from Fox Chapel named Sloan Simon. Sloan? Is that a girl? Sloan, I can't tell, you know, these amb- ambiguous names. Uh, Sloan is re- slated to audition wearing a Fox Chapel Foxes cheerleading outfit. Well, mm-hmm. right. And her audition is slated to be on American Idol before the end of this month.
2: Now you're telling me this why? He's saying, I don't think she'll win.
1: why? Because the fix is in. Yeah. Well, I did not watch, and I will not watch, but apparently, yes, one of the aspirants that auditioned on the initial show, which was what, last night? Was none other than uh, Claudia Conway, the 16-year-old daughter of Kelly Ann
2: and George, And whilst apparently she can carry a tune,
1: she is nowhere near the level of talent. But, and this tells you about media again,
2: and reality
1: shows. It's not reality. <laughs> they not only signed off on Claudia, apparently. But they gave her a pass so she does not have to compete until the, the final thing in Hollywood. They gave her a pass, which you give to somebody who's so talented, you're just saying, wow. But that is what they did because then Kellyanne and George get featured and it all becomes the kind of circus. That, and granted, this is an entertainment show. Fine, let them do the circus. But it's the same thinking that permeates the news
2: coverage that we see. I might have a
1: caller, right? Uh, Again, it's hard for me because I got the hello? I'm here. You're there. Well, good. What's up?
3: So uh, I'm a little bit behind the curve. This is Joe Piva. I haven't talked to you for a while because I got a job and I work all the time now, which is great. Um, great. Great. Uh, I, I work with a bunch of Trumpers. And, uh, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> it's, uh, um, it's gotten to the point. We got some pretty heated discussions here in our little... You know, we meet together in show shop in the morning and uh, I've just taken to call them civics class flunkies
2: mm-hmm.
3: because they don't know a damn thing about a damn thing.
2: No.
3: And it's sad. I, I was um, storing up some quotes. I hope I, hope I can remember them all um, that just come out in conversation and arguments. Um, Trump failed because he didn't execute anyone. If I was in charge, they would be executed and executions. Whoever said anything back to me, execute them. I mean, oh, seriously. Uh, what's another one. Uh, oh, I can't call my council person. I didn't vote for them. <laughs> here's the best one. It doesn't have to do with politics, but it'll, it'll give you a sense of their frame of mind. My wife yeah. makes soup. Every day she makes soup, all kinds of soup. They all eat it. I won't eat soup. How can you turn soup into a turd? Can't be done. I'm not eating soup.
1: Jeez. I assure you, your body can. Jeez.
2: Well,
1: uh, I mean, so you take a- your wife's soup and bring it to these racist <laughs>
3: jerks?
1: <laughs> What's with you?
3: Oh, they, um, uh, it's it's pretty funny, but it's kind of sad. I don't know. I mean, I'm stuck working with these guys for the rest of my working life. And on any other front, they're good dudes. I mean, they're good workers. They know their job. They take a lot of responsibility and keep an update mm-hmm. in their skills mm-hmm. and what needs to be known about their jobs and take a lot of pride in what they do, a lot. It's just... Um, but they feel laziness. like
1: victims. They feel like victims, and they think somehow that what? Who's taking it all away from them? Democrats, black people, what?
3: God damn it. I remember another I quote, know. you know, if, when that defund police thing came on. Uh, if they get rid of police, my wife or my daughter's going to walk right down the street by my house and get raped. I mean, without <laughs> them straight. So uh, they're listening to that Fox News all the time, and they sit there and sure. listen some when they have a break at lunch or something they sit there and listen to these videos with this constant drum beat of stupidity pounding their skulls and rattling around in their brains um, oh oh one yeah. more thing um yeah what are you wearing
2: what do you mean what am i wearing like what, what do you
3: have on <laughs> well what's it to you we don't get to see you anymore so i was just wondering like oh you, uh, Tracy in in like a little French maid outfit or.
1: All right, you're out of here.
3: <laughs> See you. Have a great day.
1: YouTube you night.
3: Um. All right.
2: Gee whiz. Well. All
1: right. Okay. Just checking. Amy, just for your, um, just so you know, I mean, I, I I, just, it just popped up on my uh, city paper email screen, just popped up that I have a caller, even though you sent that at 1031. So it took 14 minutes <laughs> to show up, um, which is why, I don't know, I don't know. Um, so guys. Uh, I'll tell you one of the things it's just a story I'm sorry I'll tell you one of the things that I did this weekend Uh, well it was on uh, what was it Friday Um, where I subjected myself to listening to Trump's uh, defense and uh, I became so agitated (laughs) by the just the histrionics, the lies, the sort of bullying. It was funny because the, not funny, this attorney uh, was very Trumpian in his sort of the aspect, his aspect, the way he presented himself, sort of bullying, uh, denigrating, and uh, lying through his teeth misrepresentations, flat out lies, it was just stunning. And I thought, I can't watch this, I can't watch this. But I thought to myself, you know what you could do? You could go just around the corner into the kitchen and finally try to clean the glass door window in your oven. Because over the years, it has become revolting. And I have tried many efforts to clean it, and nothing worked. Nothing. But then I saw something, a suggestion for people in my predicament. And I thought, this is the kind of thing I hate doing, but I can listen at least, and but be focused on trying to clean this window in my oven, and so I did what I was informed I should do. I made a paste out of baking powder and water, and I stuck it on all over this disgusting blackened crap and grease, and then I waited half hour and then i went after it with a razor blade and it was unbelievable unbelievable after years of trying man it came off now sometimes i had to but i was so i worked on it for i'd say about 45 minutes to an hour so i was hearing the defense but it wasn't having the kind of gut wrenching, vomitous impact on me that it had when I was actually watching it, because most of my emotions were now in the positive range of "Whoa! Look what I've done! It
2: looks like new!"
1: And then I looked at the rest of the oven, which didn't look too hot. And I thought, well, what I'll do is put it now on the cleaning cycle, self-cleaning cycle, and finish this baby off. And this oven's going to look like new. So that's what I did. And thank God they took a little break. I took a little break. I went and started reading. Sitting on the couch with my dog. I was reading happy as a clam, not particularly happy because this awful fumy smell was coming out of the kitchen as it burned off that crap.
2: And I'd say about an hour into it,
1: that's when it happened. It was an explosion. (laughs) It was, pow! The dog and I both jumped He really looked free. His tail was between his legs. He didn't know where to go. Uh, He didn't know what had happened. And I suspected. I ran into the kitchen and sure enough, that beautiful glass window
2: was shattered. Now all I want to say is this.
1: If the glass You put when you manufacture this oven, if the glass you put into the oven cannot withstand the self cleaning, the high temperature of the self cleaning cycle, then why do you say that there is a self cleaning cycle with no caveats that this could make your oven door essentially explode? Hmm? So, anyway, my oven shot, I just want to say. And
2: it's- Jesus.
1: Little Tony writes, I hate reality TV. I've hated it for years. Yeah, it is. I remember once, God, a million years ago, telling my rabbi that I had watched Survivor And he looked at me like I had just told him that, I mean, I I was molesting children. I I, I swear, the look on his face, I dropped in status with my rabbi. Like it was, uh, yeah, dizzying. And he flat out said, why? Why would you do that? (laughs) I have to admit The condemnation of my my faith leader uh, stuck with me, and I did rethink uh, having anything to do with it. Anyway, uh, Tony says networks make reality TV because it's cheaper to make than dramas and comedies, yes. I don't waste a second of my time on them. They also make them because a lot of people watch them. That's right. And they make us coarser and they make us nastier because often the way reality shows work is the person who's the, what, biggest backstabber, the worst human being wins. Sort of like that bumper sticker. It's an ethic, a cultural value that they're selling that is repellent. And Phil writes, oh, wait a minute, wait, wait, Phil, hang on, cause we're, Tony writes again, I was going to tell you about a razor blade scraper, but you got it, I like to see the food cooking, you've reminded me I need to do it again, after you said an explosion, I'm glad I did never try to sell the button. don't touch it, jeez,
2: well, I can't, I could have looked,
1: I can't look at my food cooking, because now the oven is kaput. Bill writes, just uh, FYI, Sloan Simon is the daughter of the Simon family. Well, of course. Oh, the family that owns the Stanton-Negley Pharmacy. Well, I know that pharmacy, because guess where it is? Right on the corner of Stanton and Negley. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been in it. I've driven by it. And Phil says, they're family friends for years. Hope you're well. I am, Phil. I hope you're well, too. And okay, I'll I'll hope that Sloan and the Simons uh, have a good experience. Yeah. Um,
2: I got a call for...
1: Uh, okay, let's squeeze you in here. Hello.
0: You know, I call and then you go off on so many different things, then I start thinking well, about so many things, and I figure out I figure, what did I call for?
1: Uh, I bet I know I, why you called, because I actually thought of you when the last caller was talking about how he's doomed to have to work with these uh brain dead Trump voters, and and I thought yeah, even though he's a blue collar, he's a he's a he's a guy who's working with his hands and his head. I thought of you, who've often called in and torn your hair out, uh, telling us stories about being in a white collar situation, working with Trump people.
0: Well, so the, the, the I, we're,
1: is that was that why you called?
0: No, it wasn't actually. Uh, but but regarding ah. that, what's happened is that that's probably the. Biggest benefit of COVID and working from home, I don't have to witness stupid yeah. shit. Um, but at the same time, my coworkers have zipped up a lot. And it's not, and I think because they know I'm not going to put up with their shit, and they don't want to get into it because I actually ask them to explain themselves. But I don't want to get involved in that. So it's like it, it, it's it's a fruitless endeavor to try to have an intelligent conversation with those people. But that's oh, not sir. why I
1: called. <laughs> okay, why'd you call? Did you, did you remember?
0: Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I wrote it down before, once I did remember. I did email um, Pat Toomey. Yeah. Um, thanking him for his vote. Um, yeah. Because I've been on his ass for the past few years um, about mm-hmm. how, like, chicken shit he is. Well, as well you and, should you know, have
1: been. And you know what? He's still... A jerk. He. I mean, I don't care. He had his. He doesn't require courage with this thing. He's not running again.
0: I know. I know. But I tried to one be some sort of like. And
1: he voted for him. I just want to tell you he said he voted for him the second time. He voted for him in this election. And then would have us believe that he felt after the election, all of a sudden, Trump went off the rails. What?
0: I, 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 I completely agree with you. But well, you're too generous a, in giving
1: him a pass.
0: Absolutely. But one of the the biggest thing is is you tell me if you disagree with it. Do you if I when you if you were him, would not you be like in, in fear of your and your family's safety? Because that was my concern. I said, "Thank no, you for your you vote know, of conscience." I said, "Please be safe, because our ex-president supporters are, are violent, are, are vindictive, and violent." And yes, and, and I and meant he that. He
1: helped, yes, but he helped create them. And I got to tell you, you know, it's it's classic. You know, uh, Doctor Frankenstein running from his monster. It is. It's just classic.
0: Oh, just like all the all all the ex-cabinet members coming out after i i get what you're saying i do hey how old is your oven why would it do that i i mean that
1: it's not that what it's a very nice high class it's a G-E-E- i don't know
0: you, but no, you I know. it, place it.
1: well you don't have a, what do you think of, i've used the the self cleaning the, the minute the show is over i am uh calling the people i bought it from but I'm sure it's not under warranty. Cause I, it's like 10 years old and I'm one of I those just, people who never, never buys extended warranties. So I bet I'm just going to have to order an entirely new door,
0: I guess. I, I, I would push them on that regarding the safety aspect of it. I, I, I that's something that just blows my <laughs> mind. um I mean, that that's not supposed to happen. I've done it before. It works great, but. It's, but the other thing is regarding reality shows, Survivor. Um, I I was when it first came out, my daughter, I, we watched it with her daughter, got hooked into it. But just like Yingling beer and reality shows, and shows produced by Mark Burnett, anybody who supports Trump, if I know of it and I can make an effort, can I just will not do anything that supports that product anymore. When the day after Trump one in 2016 i yeah. gave i had like a case and a half of yingling beer in my refrigerator and I, I, gave I, I gave it to a friend i gave it to a friend you, you you drink this poison and I, and I liked it it was a pennsylvania beer it's the smallest well, oldest well, beer yeah. company in the and you know you guys screwed it up because you supported a monster and I, all I, right
1: so, roger today. thank you thank right, you talk to you soon. I
0: Take
1: bye. Okay, bye. 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 Um, and Josh writes, Hi, Liz. I think the so-called reality TV thing happened as a reaction to the writer's strike in the late 90s, early aughts. Was that when it came? Could have been. Yeah, it's, it's, that timing seems about right. Um, yeah. And they figured out who needs writers. We can have regular people who we don't have to pay a penny to humiliate themselves
2: for your entertainment.
1: It's just brilliant. Yeah, Josh, I think you're absolutely right. The network's found a way to have programming without paying writers, without paying actors, without paying anybody.
2: Absolutely. Without a doubt. You got it. Uh, all righty.
1: Oh, just got to say, Nikki Haley, up yours. Thank you. That's all I had to say. And as for Mitch McConnell, oh my God. What? Where did I read today? It's quite clear Mitch McConnell does not care about being liked. Because now, even the Republicans hate his guts. So he's hated coming, going, upside, out, and down. I I, I just, what a vile character. But he is representative of, he's now like one of the good Republicans, because he's trying to rid the party of these extremist, insurrectionist, Uh, fascists. So we're supposed to, like, root for him? Oh, my God. Uh Uh-uh. But it's a calculation he's made, because that's what
2: he does. He calculates.
1: (laughs) Oh, these horrible people. Okay. Well, guys, I think that's it. I did have other stuff. Didn't get to. My uh, sister will be on uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll just take it from there. Okay, stay safe, and stay off the roads, okay? Thank you. See you tomorrow.
0: Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lincoln Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City paper or its advertisers.